Welcome to another edition of the Puro Pinche Primos. Hola, primo, primas. We are back. Your Puro Pinche Primos. I'm your primo, Luis Velasquez. That's your primo, Christopher Costello. Welcome back to another episode of the Puro Pinche Primos. What's going on, Chris? What's going on, primo? Man. Good to be back. Yeah, it's good to be back. Sports right now, this week, I would say these last two weeks, man, have been crazy for it to be some downtime. It's supposed to be downtime. Like We're supposed to be getting ready for football season, taking a last break. Everybody on ESPN is supposed to be on vacation right now before they go hit, hit football season. That is obviously not the case, man. There's so much stuff going on. Uh, so I, w- I just want to say to our listeners, uh, this is not going to be your typical show right now. We're not going to do all the other stuff. There's a lot of topics that we really want to talk about. We don't want to be held down by by time constraints. Uh, so let's let's just get into it. Chris, what do you say? Hell yeah, this this the drama continues. <laughs> I think these are the places where like sports. We're gonna hit these things that are like beyond sports, and I. I I think we all have to start with uh, today's news with with Brittany Griner. Yeah, definitely. Brittany Griner today uh, was found guilty in Russia uh, for the hashish oil or hashish cartridges or whatever she had. Uh, She was found guilty, which, I mean, we all knew that that was going to happen. But she got nine and a half years, nine and a half years in a Russian prison. Um. It's just crazy. Obviously, 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 this has nothing to do with the hashish oil, and this has nothing to do with weed or anything like that. This is obviously a political statement by Russia, um, and it's just crazy that she's caught in the middle of it. She's been there since February 17th, and uh, I mean, it's... What do you think? What do you think about the whole situation? What do we got to do to get her out? You know, I. All right, so I'm gonna go there. I think I said this before, but she messed up, man. Like, I'm not saying that she's not being used as a political pawn, but I think as an American citizen in Russia, even if you are loved out there as she is, right, for her Russian team. Um, she even discussed like that she loves playing there because of the fact that she loves the way that she's treated by the team, uh, the ownership, and how much she loves inspiring young girls, right? That she'd have fans at the end of games waiting for her uh, to sign autographs and to meet her, and they were just so excited. And I'm all for that. Like I think that that's an incredible outlet and an incredible economic opportunity for women's uh, basketball players, particularly those that we know so many of them from the WNBA that play in Russia and play for Russian teams and towns and are, are big names there and obviously get paid way more um, than they get paid here in the U.S., the WNBA. But when you know the political climate, and maybe she did not, maybe she's someone who's not aware politically, you cannot go into another country and take the risk of getting caught with something that you know is seen as taboo or highly illegal. And in this case, I I think I'm one of those people that's like, you can't mess up like that. Now, granted, I don't think that they're probably being fair in any way, but you can't mess up like that. 
Yeah, I get it. I get I get that point of view. Um, I still feel like we have a responsibility as America to do what we can to get her out of that situation. She messed up. She she forgot it was in her bag or whatever happened. She said she was in a rush. She forgot it was in her bag. Um, I mean, I look at the at America as far as like she had to go to this country in or in order to be uh, paid appropriately, right? And so that's on us and how we treat women in this country. I mean, we, not even just in sports in general when it comes to. Uh, what we pay women compared to what we pay men, right? So, um, I th I think like we we I know there there's talk about uh, a trade. I know Joe Biden had had <laughs> had done a, a a trade request in last week. You know, a two for one special, right? Uh, and uh, you know, I'm o I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I know we got the arms dealer who's uh, and I, I can't I can't think of his name right now. Uh, but Victor Bout, Victor Bout, Merchant of Death. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Okay, uh, I think it's worth it. Like, get give give that up, get her back, get the other guy back, and and then we go from there and we learn from there. But uh, we shouldn't have any Americans abroad, political prisoners. Um. At all, and especially uh, Brittany Griner, I think we, we need to do what we can to get her back. She can't spend nine and a half years in a Russian prison. Like that, just she can't do it. If they don't want to trade for her, then we need to send some 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 troops in there, get her out, you know, Navy SEAL style, and uh, do something like that. But uh, like, yeah, we need to get I, her. I out. agree with you. I, I will push back on this idea that like she has to be out there to make money. Because I'm I'm not in any way going to argue that somehow Russia's treatment of women is better than the U.S. and or the way in which they pay uh, women compared to men is similar in that way. And I know that's not what you meant, but I also think that like to to use that as an excuse, uh, like anybody who is trying to use that as an excuse to defend her in this situation, uh, that's not the deal like we know that that's not it and we also know that like it's not like her first time going out there you know you're not supposed to carry this stuff with there and on a political side like i hate saying this but if we're talking about global enemy trade-offs she she's not to be traded and is seen to be valuable in that way now obviously she's incredibly valuable just as every american citizen is but I don't think that in this case, with regards to leveraging political power, she's not the one. If anything, she's put the U.S. in a really difficult position to have to negotiate for her in a situation where we know that Putin, if we're going to if we're talking sports and this is a sports podcast, I mean, Putin is like the Danny Ainge of this whole thing like he's not gonna hold up right like he's gonna get everything he can out of you and so i'm actually really worried about how much u.s officials have to give up to get her back and i agree with you in getting her back so that's not i'm not saying leave her there or that we can allow this to happen because i do think that who britney griner is 
right? As a human being, a uh, black woman who's part of the LGBTQIA plus community, she, you know, she represents what freedoms you have and can have in the U.S. and kind of like the best parts of it. We also know, though, that she also represents a minority in the U.S. that is not taken care of in our own country and protected. Um, which I'll also drop in that, that today also uh, four current and former police officers in Louisville are being federally charged with the death of Breonna Taylor, which absolutely taken very long to get to. Arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor. All y'all who think we need more evidence, you goofy. I said arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor. But we need to protect black people. We need to protect black women. And we need to protect black women who are part of the LGBTQIA plus community. And so uh, she put, she's created a very difficult situation. And yet we know who we're dealing with. And I'm actually in a lot of ways, really shocked that we have any American athletes that are still performing in Russia. Yeah. I mean, it was, now I don't, I don't remember when the Ukraine thing popped out, but I know I was surprised that, um, she's been there since February 17. I think that is before, uh, Russia invaded Ukraine. Um, Cause I I know I know as soon as I would say a week before uh, Russia invaded Ukraine, Biden had put out like anybody planning on going out there or any of our Americans that are out there need to come yes. home now because of a situation like this. So I get it, like I I get it. And then I mean, coming coming from the military side, right? I always felt like our there there's so many reasons like there's so many reasons why we have civilians abroad uh whether it's you know education they're out there doing humanitarian work uh out there playing different sports like these uh civilians are out there and i still feel like the veteran in me is like we we still owe them to protect them so uh maybe that's part of part of that um but I, I also feel, and I've always had this conversation with uh, fellow fellow soldiers, especially when I was in, is um, knowing the fact that if we were to ever get captured, right, like, that's just part of the job, right? Like, don't expect somebody to come come get you, right? That you, you came into the job expecting that. That could possibly happen. Hopefully, they'll, we'll send somebody to get you, but... Uh, you know that's just part of but I, like that's not that's not part of her job and i mean and we also I, I hear you what's that I, I agree with that real yeah. quick i'm sorry to interrupt you but i think that that's the thing where it's like there's plenty of people that are doing other things in regards to these conflicts that you would hope that that's who the government is going to leverage for right. not someone who took weed in their bag and messed up at the airport like that's you know that's look i i don't i'm not calling for any grand or any of this i'm calling out people who do that is that's some real stoner stuff right there <laughs> you know what i mean like you can't do that man yeah definitely i mean it, you go into russia you should be extra careful when you go to the airport obviously you got to be extra careful with that uh 
So yeah, I mean, obviously, like she put herself into this situation. Obviously, Russia has gone above and beyond and made it a lot bigger than it has to be um, for for political reasons, right? And you're right, you're right. I don't think like Putin is not just gonna hey give me this one arms dealer. Like, there's gonna be some money involved. Where oh, there's, yeah, there's a lot, like all the support that we've been giving Ukraine, he's gonna be upset about that. He's gonna probably try to tell us that we can't. You know, like there's gonna be a lot. She's gonna. So what I read into today, like she's gonna go through an appeal process. So she's not actually gonna go to prison, prison yet, right? Um, she's gonna be stuck in, in the in the jail that she is now as they go through the appeal process. And we all know, like this is. It is what yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in what kind of illusion they painted for her as a athlete for her to just be like. I'm chilling, Russia. Hell no. How <laughs> yeah. do you ever get like that? Right? Exactly. Like, how do you ever feel like, nah, I'm safe here? And here's the thing, too. Like, I, I wonder how the the other oligarchs who are, or, or the oligarchs that are owners of this team, right? Um, How they're going to feel about this, too. And maybe that's the pressure that we need to be putting on. Because Americans ain't going there to play anymore. After the Brittany Griner stuff, like, there's, I don't see any more Americans going over there to play for these teams at all hell no they better not right but you know what how american is that to be like nah i gotta go get my money <laughs> and i think that that's the ultimate thing that putin knows right like mm-hmm. you're gonna use this for as much as we can you're right i didn't even think about that that there's gonna be money involved in the way that they exchange these things or, or ways in which they're figuring out how to politically take advantage i, I just want to say really quick that, and this is why i feel so lopsided and why i'm arguing against like the fact that we have to leverage for Brittany Griner's freedom. The guy that she's getting traded for, the guy that's up in this trade. Right. If we're if we're also we're gonna compare this, right? Like and <laughs> You're gonna break down this this trade uh... Yo Yeah, exactly. You're this, break this down. I, I can't think of a more lopsided trade <laughs> <laughs> than this one that we're talking about right now with Brittany Griner. And again, this is not a, a to joke about her safety. It's just more about joking about like sports right um because obviously she's in a really insane position to be in and really dangerous and i feel for her because i don't ever want anyone to be in jail let alone to be in jail in russia but the man that they're trying to trade for her like just to show how gangster these russians are and how lopsided and again how danny ainge like putin is gonna go on this victor bout right is the the nickname we gave earlier is the merchant of death um this dude is pursued by the un and was named in un reports for supplying heavy weaponry to rebel movements in angola as well as in liberia and in supporting a civil war where this brother was was i'm not even calling brother where this guy this man this evil person was basically arming both sides of the conflict so his investment was just that this continues that all of these people die so i want to make sure that people understand like the gravity and that this is not just the like free britney griner t-shirt movement like what we are doing in this like in this conflict and and i'm sure the time that it's taking for like the political pressure and the politicians to figure this out is really serious what we're giving up in order to trade for britney griner yeah, Brittany Griner cannot dunk or score enough points to make up for what Victor Bout is and what he could possibly do 
when in the hands of Vladimir Putin. Yeah, I would say this though that um, absolutely, I mean, everything you said, absolutely, one hundred percent facts, right? But um, there's something to be said, and the WNBA has, has gone behind it, and a bunch of coaches. Like, if this was somebody high tier up in the NBA, this trade would have happened already. Right, if this was Absolutely. if this was a LeBron, if this was Steph Curry, if this was KD, like this trade would have happened yeah, already. This, the Navy Steels would have been there already. You know, something would have happened. They would not still be there. I a thousand percent believe that. Yeah, this makes me think of a very specific and one of my favorite one-liners ever from Dave Chappelle and the Chappelle Show. So anybody that was a Chappelle Show fan. When he's in court and he's arguing about uh, Biggie and Tupac, and he was like, they haven't found Biggie and Tupac's murder. Nicole Simpson can't rap. I want justice. Like, <laughs> this is kind of these things of like, yo, if it was LeBron, right? I think his wife said, or her wife said this. If right. it was LeBron, it would have been your last book. It would have been done in a week. Absolutely. Again, follow the money because Brittany Griner doesn't bring in LeBron money. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's fair, but we know that that's the part of this like political process all right now we've got to go on there's another big story going around this week the miami dolphins the miami dolphins went under investigation and after this investigation they had to forfeit a first round selection in 2023 they had to forfeit a third round selection in 2024 the owner Stephen Ross was, is suspended for until October 17th, which I, I don't get that whole thing. But, and then he'll have to pay one point million dollar fine. And so, if you haven't heard the story, what is going on here is Stephen Ross was recruiting Tom Brady to be part of the Miami Dolphins. Okay. If you get go down, go down recruiting the goat. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So he was recruiting <laughs> the goat, Tom Brady, to come over and be a quote-unquote owner of the team, all while still being on the contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, um, and then Tom Brady decides out of nowhere to quote-unquote retire. We had this big old thing that he was going to retire, and the only thing that derailed this whole situation was Flores, their former coach, lawsuit. Okay. Brian Flores. Brian Flores. Yeah, Brian Flores lawsuit against the NFL and Miami Dolphins uh, citing racism um, derailed this whole thing or else right now Tom Brady would still be retired. Tom Brady would be part owner of the Miami Dolphins. And uh, so anyways, anyways, the reason Miami got got suspended and all this stuff was because he was still under contract with Tampa Bay and that's tampering. So you can't, tamp- you know, you can't do that to another player that's under contract with another team. Uh, my question to you is, I get everything that happened with the Dolphins and the punishment that they get. How is it? How is it that continuously, continuously Tom Brady gets away with all this stuff and never really gets punished, right? Nothing, everything just deflects on them. Deflects. I was looking this up, Primo, I was looking this up, Primo. The last three teams 
the last three teams that have had their uh, NFL draft picks taken away all had to do with Tom Brady. You've got Spygate. <laughs> I think that means that his agent is doing his job. Yeah. Uh, you've got Spygate. You've got Deflategate. And now you got what is owner gate or I don't know what the retirement gate, whatever this is. But the last the last three times they had to take uh draft picks away from a team, Tom Brady's at the center of it. I I also want to bring up that who else is on this like sideline of this, so we are gonna go deep into Tom Brady, is Sean Payton, who also yes. Is involved in having picks taken away from a team, right? But you know what made me think of <laughs> that's right. I didn't, even, I didn't even connect that dot. Oh yeah. man! So I think one of the things that I thought about right away was I, that this owner had to know this is coming, right? That this is like bubbling; it's going to bubble over very soon. And in, and we just ended up talking about this in last week's show, where we covered the AFC East. And we talked about Miami's team going into this year. Um, what great timing that is, right? And now we're, I'm thinking, how much did this owner go to this GM and be like, spend all the money? Because we ain't picking nobody anyway. Go get everybody right now. Because we are not going to have any picks coming up in the next couple of years. So just like go get stars and like <laughs> build a team now because this is it. But aside from that, Tom Brady, I, I'm not surprised. You can't mess with the brand, right? And I think Deflategate was the chance. Deflategate was where they went at, right? Goodell did not. And and if he did go easy, it didn't seem like he was going easy. It seemed like he he had opportunities to shut that down. And he didn't. He still pursued this in court with Tom Brady. And we know how upset Robert Kraft, Tom Brady, everybody is, right? That mafia in New England. But Tom Brady, he, you have to catch him on video, like, killing someone. And even then, I'm sure they'll, there's a way that the police will side with him. But I will say that I'm not surprised that they would do this, Miami. And also, because think about this. Imagine Tom Brady with the squad that they got right now. Yeah, Tom absolutely. Brady with Tyree Kill. With Waddle, with Gusecki, and all those. But right. You, what, what is the thing that bothers you the most about Tom Brady getting away with it? Yo, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So I heard this story um, a couple of months ago, right? I heard this story, and but like I had to be deep. You know me. I like I, I listen to podcasts all the time, and so I was deep diving in, into a podcast, and I was like, man, I hear that over here, and I hear that over here. But ESPN is like not saying anything about this. Like, is this real? Right, and then so Mike, Flo- yeah, yeah, Mike Florio was the one that that uh, um, initially broke this report months ago, months ago that this was going on, right? And uh, and he were, I think he works for Mike Florio. Yeah, he's Mike- got the like deep drama, <laughs> right? So and he works with the CBS network, right? And so he was over here trying to shout it, and I listened to a couple of his podcasts, and I listened. He was being interviewed on a different. And like he's over here trying to shout it out, like this thing is going on. Like Tom Brady didn't really retire, right? Like that's not that's not what's going on. This is what I'm hearing over here that he's going to Miami, and I'm like, what? This is a huge story. Why is it? And then like nobody 
nobody is saying things. And, and you know, it's, it, unfortunately, it's like, it's not a real story and it's not a big story until ESPN has breaking news and, and coverage every sports center. It's on the first yeah. topic on first take. First topic on get up, right? It's just not. And I'm like, why are they not going through the story? And I heard Mark Florio yesterday when finally this story breaks out. And he was like, yeah, I've been saying this shit is going on. And he was like, it just seems funny to me, right? That unless it's Adam Schefter breaking something out, that they're not going to run with it. And we already know. Exactly. That's exactly what he said. He called Adam Schefter out. He's like, we already know how shady that dude is. Right. And how he's chummy with the owners and how he's chummy with, with the execs. And so he probably knew the story. Yeah. He probably knew the story and the execs and the owners are like, no, no, we can't, we can't break this out. So that, that's just funny to me when you, when you look at the, the grand scheme of things on how, how stuff is broken down in, in the, uh, in ESPN and, and sports news. But also, like, I'm wondering, like, if, if you were, if we were fans of Miami Dolphins, um, would you be mad at your owner for trying this? Like, I wouldn't be mad. Never. Right? Never. Right. Yo, I'd be like, yes, go all in. If, again, if you're going to go down, go down, get it, trying to get Tom Brady. Right. Imagine if they would have got him. Right. If they would have got but him. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. If they would have got him, like, he wouldn't, he, they wouldn't have got him as a quarterback. They were getting him as an owner, and then with the hopes, with the hopes of during the season, Tom Brady would come down from the booth, come down from the owner's box, and be like, "All right, I'll take over." But in order, in order for that to happen, like all the owners and all the other league and all the other teams would have to approve of it, right? And the funny thing to me, the funny thing to me that was brought up yesterday was, in order for that to happen. In order for Tom Brady to to quarterback the Miami Dolphins, they would have had to give up a first round pick. They would have to give up a third round pick to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? But <laughs> they had to give that up anyways and not get Tom Brady. <laughs> so if you're Miami Dolphin fashion, they still gave up those picks and did not get Tom Brady. Very true. Yeah, I I was wondering too if. You know, maybe they did it thinking we're going to get him. And if they find out after, because what are they going to do? They're going to take away Tom Brady from a team. They're not going to do that. So if they would have pulled it off, they would have just got away with it. But it would have been even more genius because they would have given up those picks anyway, but not to another team. Right. So you actually didn't help make another team stronger. It actually worked to your advantage to do that. So I. Either way, I wouldn't be mad at it. I think that's a great question. Like as a fan, nah. Yeah, yes, man. go after it. Exactly. Risk and it. Risk and, it all. And even with the with the Flores thing, right? Where whether he's like he was get he'd get offered to a hundred thousand dollars for every game that he would lose in tanking. Like I would be okay with it. It's obviously wrong, right? You can't do that when you're when you're now open to, to NFL betting, right? You've got DraftKings. And all this stuff that are sponsors for the NFL, right? And so you can't have a team openly say that we're trying to lose games, right? But yeah, like I think you can't bring Brian Flores either. Yeah, no, absolutely not, absolutely not. Asking an African American uh, coach to lose games on purpose, knowing 
knowing that African-American coaches don't get a second chance. Right? So, no. So, the funny thing is, is, uh, and I, I believe the real reason why he got fired was because he wasn't trying to tank. Right? Yes. They exactly. want, they wanted him to play Josh Rosen like the last three games of the season. And they was, yeah. they was like, nah, nah, we're not doing that. And so, that's how they wind up getting Tua. They, w- they could have got Joe Burrow. With that team, right, Brian Flores, I think one of the things about that is, like, you've played on football teams, right? Even You've been on high school football teams, so you know how serious everyone takes that. And how do you respect a coach who's who at some point is okay with losing? Even if it means that you think you're going to make your team better and you're going to get a pick or something like that, or you're going to, like, move yourself up in the draft – how do you look at other men knowing that you asked them to lose and risk their health, right, in every game to lose and then think that they're somehow going to, like, rah-rah around you in the following year? Yeah, I think... I think So, it is... I don't know. This, this whole organization right now is just so out of whack, right? Um, when they hired Flores, I remember it being, like, a big thing because they signed him to a five-year contract, right? They signed him to a five-year contract. Um, and all the other coaches were like getting three-year contracts, right? Two-year, three-year contracts that, that got hired that year. And so I'm thinking like, what, what was, what was the communication had between them? Uh, knowing like, Hey, Flores, we're going to hire you for five years, but because we know this is a building process, right? And we're going to be, we're not going to try to win these first two years. We're, we're, we're looking to get a QB. Like, we need to build through the draft, right? And then for the kid, like, I don't, did they not communicate that with him? Knowing and him being secure, like, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna be here for those five years. Right? They're just, I mean, the, I think that, yeah, go ahead. The thing to remember too, he's from the Patriots organization. Mm-hmm. He's from the Bronx too. No, so like, yeah, yo, and he's he's Dominican too. He's Dominican. He's from the Bronx. If you're gonna if you're gonna play, you play to win, right? So simple. And there's no compromising that. And it's more of how did you not know that that's who you were hiring? If you wanted like a Pats, exactly. Why'd you hire this dude? You did this to yourself. Like you probably didn't even bet this dude. You probably did it on some like. We hire a black guy, but we're going to get rid of him anyway. Exactly. Right? Right. And now you've seen exactly what you just said, right? Like some, you now you see a Dominican from the Bronx who got <laughs> mentored <laughs> under Bill Belichick in the pay. Like this person is not going to negotiate with you around winning and losing. Right. right? Like it's We're just going not- all out. We're going 100% no matter what. Josh Rosen, you're not even going to dress. They want me to put you in. I'm not even going to put you in uniform. Okay. We're going out here to win. And honestly, like they were building up with Flores, man. Like they became a good team. They were great defense, right? Which is his specialty. Uh, I mean, he just, he didn't know, honestly, Flores didn't know what to do with the offense or who to hire for the offense or what. Actually, yeah. And so That's that clear. was crazy. So another question I got now. When, when we talked, uh, the AFC, AFC East, right? We both said that this was a do make a break year for for Tua, right? 
Yep. Make a break yep. year for Tua, or they're going to go another direction. Do you think this is better for him? Because they're not going to have that pick next year. Right? They're not going to have that pick next year. So now they're not going to have that option of, of, of picking a, a quarterback in the draft. As I, I believe they still have a pick, but it's like it's on the 49ers, right? So it's the 49ers pick, which, which is probably going to be a high pick. Which in thinking about this, right? And you saying that, I was immediately thinking like, who hasn't moved? That is on the move as an, a decent mm. or elite is Jimmy G throwing quick like screen things to all these dudes. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. And so I don't know that that's not a move that they go for. I, and and that's more to answer your question of like, does this make it safer for him? I don't think so. No, because I think that clearly this team is willing to do whatever it takes <laughs> to go get who they want. <laughs> and so sometimes as a they're willing to do whatever it takes to get who they want. Right. I don't see them not pursuing like another trade for someone that is a like a top or winning quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think I don't know. They're not going to get it through the draft next year. So I think they there's three top QBs. No, they all probably gone in the top five picks. Um, they're not going to have that. Uh, they can't even have. They. I think their plan was to use two their two first round draft pick to trade up to get into that top five to get a, a top QB. They're not going to have that anymore. Especially, uh, you know, I think ev- everybody else is thinking and we're thinking that 49ers are going to be pretty good, make the playoffs. And so their pick is going to be high. So uh, Miami Dolphins, man, like, uh, I don't know what to tell you, man. You've got a lot of drama going on. It's not over. The floor is... uh Lawsuit is still going on. I, I read an article today said that it looks like to be settled within the next uh, two weeks as opposed to the next couple of months. Um, I think a lot of this stuff, you know, helps Flores. Even though NFL came out and said something stupid, and even Stephen Ross in his in his uh in his reply to all this, he said he feels like he was vindicated somehow in anything that Flores said. Um, in, in his lawsuit, he felt vindicated that it was obviously not true. Which is like that's not what the that's not what the NFL report said, right? The NFL report said, "Yeah, that's the weird thing to say." Yeah, the, if you go look up his quote, man, it's crazy. Like he he just felt real vindicated. It's like no, they said that you said that. <laughs> they just said that uh that it was probably joking around, which is I mean it was all BS. Like we we know that wasn't joking around. One one last thing though. What you got? As a sports fan, mm-hmm. I want you to imagine Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. at the bottle. Wow. Right? Uh-huh. They still got Gasecki. Right. And then we talked about the three running backs that they picked up in the offseason. Uh-huh. Right? Tony Michelle, uh, Chase Edmonds, and Raheem Moster. Right? Who just, beat, who just beat outtimed Tyreek Hill and Waddle. <laughs> Who? Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert. They 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 timed at, at camp and Raheem Mostert blasted all. Yeah. I, so I want you to imagine all those those guys, right, on the field. And you're waiting for the play to come in because you're watching Tom Brady talk to Sean Payton. <laughs> right? As a fan, I'm like, yo, yo. I'd love for them to 
Yeah, you know, what I what I had imagined what I had imagined was like a, in the third quarter, Tua throws another interception and look up from the owner's box, and here comes Tom Brady taking the tie off, coming down, putting on a helmet, right, and it'd be like, "Hey, I'll take it from here." <laughs> That's what I imagine was going on, right? They're like, never mind, I got this, young buck. And he goes and he wins the game. <laughs> I feel like that's Tony Romo's dream. <laughs> From the booth. All right, Primo, here we go. Do you agree or do you not agree? So lately we've been seeing these contracts, NFL contracts, NBA contracts, that are absolutely... Giving these players a shit ton of money right now. But what we've been noticing now, when you talk Zion Williamson in the NBA, when you talk Kyler Murray in the NFL, the little fine print, the little fine print in the contract where the where Zion, you've got to meet a certain weight in order to get this money. And Murray, you've got to do a certain amount of homework during the week. In order to get this contract, which which Arizona has recently uh, taken that out now since how it blew up, but what do, I want to say, do you agree or d- disagree with having those type of things in the contract? I, you know, I feel like with uh, with like teams and ownership, those two things, I, I guess it's not considered respectful. Which is what Kyler Murray said, right? That it's disrespectful what to, for them to ask that of him in a contract. But I don't know that it's considered respectful. Like, it's almost like bad manners to put it in the contract. But the things that they're asking, I don't know if they're necessarily unfair to ask. Like, Zion has, they have seen him during a season, albeit that he was hurt, be way overweight. And the more interesting one to me is Kyler Murray basically for them to ask that he do more work to prepare is a very interesting thing because it's not about his like physical self right it's not something that you can manage in like a diet or athletic way it's like questioning his intellect or or his work ethic which is even more of i think what it seems like or sounds like to me to ask a guy to do that if they're not going to supervise him like they're not going to have him in the building with coaches is really weird. But to ask the guy to do that in a contract, I don't think is weird. I don't, where, where were you with that? As like a, what do you think in the, the male football ego mind of a guy is like, well, it's how they take Here's what I take it. And I can, I, I can, I can see it in a couple different ways. So they had to put it in the contract because obviously he wasn't doing it on his own. Right. So, hey, we want you to do this. We want to give you this money. But you're not doing this and studying this playbook like you should. And so we need you to do this, right? So what, what I always crack up, and me and my wife always crack up, are like disclaimers, right? Whenever you're going somewhere, you hear something, they're like, don't put this in your mouth, right? Like, here, yeah. here, is, here is dog food. It's not for human consumption. And they're like, damn, they had to put that there because some idiot put it That's in their right. mouth and eat it, right? Like, don't... Watch out, it's a wet floor over here. It was like, dang, we had to put these signs out because some idiot was going to slip and didn't see that the floor was wet, right? So they put the disclaimer into this contract because, 
hey, you weren't studying. But I can also see, and I'm I'm wondering how you would take this. Is uh, a lot of the conversation is African American quarterbacks who are, who automatically seem it, it seems uh, the hidden racial tones of African American quarterbacks are never smart enough, right? They're always the athletic quarterback. They're not necessarily smart enough for this, so you need to study more. Um, I can see that aspect, and I'm not sure where the Arizona Cardinals are coming at from this, but I can see it in in, in on both avenues. Yeah, you know, my former, which is crazy, it ties up into all these things. My former, like, favorite NFL player of all time, Warren Moon, actually said something this week about that and how disrespectful it was to black quarterbacks. He went through his own crazy racist journey at the University of Washington and and like having to deal with that. But, you know, it, I agree with you that you can see it from two different sides. I do think it's interesting that they would demand that of him. Um, there was a, a article today that said that uh, Kingsbury had him actually having to call out plays to the backup quarterbacks, which is also like a quizzing them on the field, right? Which is kind of like a weird thing to do as well as a coaching strategy. That just makes me think they got problems. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, but ultimately, I think that it does come off as disrespectful. Kyle Murray, uh, you know, said something to the effect of like, um, almost that like he... He almost took it, took it as a positive that they would think that he could make it all the way to the NFL at his size without being prepared for games, <laughs> right? Like, like, yo, like the fact that you think that highly of me, right? right. It's, it's basically saying to them. But and, and then it came out that it's like it's almost a joke. The fact that like this would be considered that he's not prepared for games, right? Yeah, I think. But Kingsbury wants something more out of him. Yeah, I, I don't know what. That- I think it's crazy to me that they succumbed to the pressure of the media and everybody and took it out of his contract, right? Because he signed this contract. Love right? that. He Love agreed that. to it, yep. right? Like, he agreed. Him and his agent, Kyler Murray, agreed to this contract, right? And it just the contract got leaked somehow. And now, so they're like, oh, we'll redo it and we'll, we'll take this out. Okay, you don't have to study now. That's crazy to me that they succumbed to the pressure, the peer pressure of that when when the guy already agreed to do it also is this kingsbury just playing mind games with this guy because who else would be doing this right like who else is going to be there to be like yo this guy's not ready right i don't know if the gm would do that i don't think the owners are doing that. it has to be the head coach offensive coordinator that's doing that right and how much is he messing with him like to get him to play better because the best revenge is to go out there and ball the fuck out <laughs> right so how much is this a coach just being like you know what this is what motivates you like you need like an enemy i will i'll be that guy that pushes Yo, you and like here's the thing too like um breaking down breaking down last season right they came out of the gates right they came out of the gates they were undefeated i think they went yeah, seven and oh eight and oh something like that they beat the brakes off of us in game one right Mm-hmm. And then, and then Kyler Murray was hurt, right? So you get Kyler Murray hurt. He's not athletic anymore as he as he usually is. Yep. And so, what is your fallback plan? Your fallback plan is when you can't use your legs, you got to use your mind, right? And so maybe they're thinking he wasn't able to use his legs. 
we hoped to fall back on his mind and his mind just wasn't he didn't know the playbook like that right because a lot a lot of the stuff that that Kyler Murray does seems off the win when he's getting pressure he's gonna roll out left roll out right juke something something and then throw it right what happens when you he's can't believe it yeah exactly what happens when you can't roll out left and roll out right you have to depend on the playbook and you have to depend on how you're reading these defenses so and once once he got hurt like that he wasn't able to fall back on that and he fell off and and Arizona fell off big time so I mean a, a lot of that goes into it as far as Zion like yeah I don't see a problem with it nobody questions Miami Miami is already known for the quote-unquote heat Thank culture you. right for the quote-unquote heat culture they have a high level of of like fitness tests and they, they test everybody's body fat and do all yeah. this in order to be a Miami Heat. Like I don't see why that's a problem with Zion. Um like these guys are giving you millions of dollars and they're telling you, we'll give you these millions of dollars, but you have to meet this standard. And so just meet the standard. Like if you can't go somewhere else, somewhere else, like don't sign that contract then, Zion. Right, go somewhere else, and I'm sure there's another team that won't mind. You know what you're waiting. Yeah, I, I think also they know that they're doing him a favor, right? Because he cannot play on that way. Like he'll he'll hurt himself. So they're actually hooking him up. Yeah, absolutely. All right, now we've got to talk about the the story that's been number one on all the sports shows, even on news shows right now. Uh, we've got to talk to Sean Watson. If you've heard our, our episodes beforehand, you know where we stand on this. Deshaun Watson is a despicable human being. Pendejo. He should not be playing sports. But that being said, the Cleveland Browns have offered him $230 million guaranteed. Knowing that he had at least 24 different women come out on uh, sexual uh, harassment, sexual assault allegations. Uh, this week, the NFL originally suspended him for six games. Um, when I say originally, they, they are trying this new process where they have the in independent arbitrator and this judge looked at all the, uh, all the uh, facts in the case of only actually four women, of actually four women that was presented to her. Um, and through all that, through the facts of that, and through the facts of the NFL's history, she came together and said you have to suspend him six games. Now, that being said, uh, what the NFL can do now is appeal that, which they've decided to do. And the appeal person will be Roger Goodell of the NFL, the NFL commissioner. And it looks like they are there wanting to suspend him for the whole year. Um, it's just been a crazy week with this whole situation. Um, what are your thoughts on, on this whole process? Which is just absolutely just nuts, man. It just really is. Yeah, I think Deshaun Watson, as you said, he's a despicable person. Like, I, the number of allegations got up to, what, 66 He's like settled, I think, 20 of the 24 legal cases that are up against him. Um, the original woman who uh, who filed this uh, 
this case against him, the first person to speak up and then to give her name publicly um, to move along with proceedings also settled with him. Um, and they were going to announce um, her possibly speak today, but I don't think that that um, happened. And we think about who this guy is. I, I don't know how you look at all those like uh, different suspensions that have gone to different guys and not see how unfair and how weird this looks, even just from an optics point of view. But I hope that we get, we just talked about this in the previous segment, how Goodell went after Tom Brady during um, the Flategate. I, I hope he goes just as hard at Deshaun Watson because I don't think this is something that you're going to be able to like cover up. But I don't imagine that Deshaun Watson will be out of the NFL. And one thing I just want to say is, you, you always bring this up about like the NFL is right. Like the sport of the American sport is now like the number one thing. And I always feel like those commercials and the way the games start and the way they do the TV around the NFL, it makes it seem so prestigious. And yet all these things that are happening with owners in different parts of the league, whether it's in their personal stuff, but then it seems like they're doing disgusting things, you know, behind closed doors. It, the league does not seem as fancy to me anymore. And, <laughs> yeah, and it, no. it, it is kind of ruining a little part of it with regards to being a sports fan and an NFL fan in particular. Yeah, it is getting harder and harder to uh, to root for these people. Cause let's, not, let's not forget that even though the Cleveland Browns are the ones that signed him, there were 20 other teams that inquired about him. Yep. There, yep, there were 20 exactly. other teams that were willing to overlook. The price was just too high. Right? The money was just too high um, for them to get them, not the allegations. Right? So yeah. it is. It is. In, in a league in a league that is blackballed, Colin Kaepernick, like the owners came together and decided that that wasn't good for the league. And so we're not going to offer him a job. That same league is the same league that says, well, this guy, yeah, okay. He, he's all right. Yeah. I, yeah I, I mean, we just because we know how big a sports fan we are, but we also know that other NFL fans know what's up. And so if you're someone who, like, looks the other way or doesn't talk about these things, I also know there's, like, sports fans that don't talk about these things, right? Yeah. Like, they just stick to the game. And just to like the, the sport itself. And they're like, ah, you can't bring those things together. Or they just don't know how to talk about it or are uncomfortable talking about it. But I think it's also part of us that's like a kid in us that doesn't want to like, one, believe these things about these people. But they, we also don't want to then have to question people that entertain us. Yes. Because we get so much of that entertainment. So... You know, when we talk about these guys and we talk about these um, owners, there's so many disgusting things. And and I want to also remember to bring up the point again that we talked about before is that what has come out of this like investigation is that the Texans originally are the ones that set him up with masseuses. And they knew that he was going to different people, which is very not organizational and sports like you have your team doctors you have your same people that know your body really well and then you brought that up when they introduced them um to the browns organization to the media is that one of the people 
asked, dared to ask him, which I'm so grateful for that moment, was like, why would you have 40 different masseuses? Which is now like, 66. 66 different. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, what do you do with a guy like Deshaun Watson? He is a star. The team's already spent the money. I hope Goodell goes after him and, and makes an example. But it also seems like the example that's going to come is they said it's a fine, the, the year, right? Being out for the year. Right. And also um, that he would have to attend some sort of like classes. Yeah. Didn't say for what or how, but that's probably like sensitivity training, right? And these like these things that obviously everyone needs to take, and yet is not going to immediately solve a problem for someone that's willing to violate sixty six different people. Right? Sensitivity training, like get out of here with the sensitivity training or whatever. Like, don't <laughs> take your penis out if the person in the room doesn't want to see. It. Like that's that's just it. Nobody will see it. Put that shit away, right? Um, I want to go back to to the to the judge. I, she she was getting a lot of heat at the beginning of this week about only doing uh, about only going six games, right? And if you read her fifteen page report, like she calls him, you know, he's predatory, he's disgusting, absolutely. I mean, she. I mean, Everything that we're saying, she said it in the, in a 15 page report, right? The only reason she did six game is because how bad the NFL has been. Exactly. Right? Tell how them. bad the NFL has been at punishing these people that are doing things like this. How bad that they are punishing the ownership that are facing the same types of allegation. And so they're like, according to what I see in your past, like you say games is what you guys do right and so um it's she's absolutely right like i, I don't find I, I i i would say this too at first when i when i heard that she said six game i was pissed off at her too i was like what the fuck how are you saying six games but then i let it settle in i read i read the 15 page report and she's absolutely right like she's absolutely right now i'm glad that the nfl took the stance of okay this is how we was, and maybe they're saying that this is how we was. This is not how we're gonna be anymore, right? We're gonna we're we're gonna turn over a new leaf. This is obviously like it took this many one person have this many uh, things against them for us to to realize that this thing is fucked up, and we should not do that. I don't think it's even that deep. I think that they're looking at it like. We need him gone for a year so people forget about this shit. So it's more time that people just out of sight, out of mind. It's not in the news cycle. It's not around. So you're not as like involved with what's going to happen to him. And you get him gone for a year. We know we've talked about how they structured the contract, which yeah. I was so glad that you told me about that because I didn't even realize that how they structured his contract to just pay him a million for the first year so that when they find him, they don't have to take away tons of the contract right right like he's only going to be fined three hundred and fifty thousand out of 230 million yeah. guarantees <laughs> exactly so the fact is that like how do they i think that they were looking at it as this is this is a way to get him gone for the year and also look like tough on him and in reality you made all those great points about it i think the fact that 
they set such a terrible record for themselves. I don't know how much this person is like, well, these are the, the like, this is the precedent that you set. So now you're going to have to deal with him coming back in the middle of the year. And that being your new story now in the middle of the year is how you have this star player returning to the field after having done some really fucked up things. But the reason then you now force people to be like, why would they give him so low? And now people that aren't really NFL fans who are paying attention to this story are going to realize the history of terrible, terrible disciplinary um, actions against players who have violated other human beings. Yeah, the only way, the only way that I think that we're let me go back to what you said is is that they're hoping like in a year people are going to forget. I don't think people are going to forget something like this dude who was so predatory. And not only that, but he's not. He's not sorry about it, right? He has not come out. And that was also in a 15-page report by the judge. It was like he doesn't seem like he is sorry about this. It doesn't seem feel bad about it at all. Which is absolutely true, right? But um, what's crazy to me when we're thinking about all this, like the only way that I see this, like I don't understand why they don't just ban him. Ban him from the NFL, right? You You're not here no more. Like the like, what hit are you gonna take NFL? It's gonna move on. The NFL will move on without Deshaun Watson. I think that this is the NFL's and the current GM and owners. Like they're like the only way that we can save this organization ever is hopefully that it's Deshaun Watson, this sexual violator. I think that's how desperate the Cleveland Browns are. And I think this is why those fans wear those bags on their heads on a regular basis. Like, <laughs> this is how bad this organization is. This They're is like, what we need to stoop down take to. Them, get them. Get them if we can. But the yeah. uh, biggest point is you're right. And I forgot about that, too. 20 other teams were, were looking at him, too. Yeah. Which is insane the, too. And here's like the thing. That, here's the thing. So I, much. Yeah. Here's the thing I also want to bring up. Like, yes, I applaud the NFL for for saying this. Hey, you know, six game is not enough. We're going to use my our ability to appeal this and our ability to put this in there, right? I, I'm afraid that we're all, the news cycle will be like, oh, look how good the NFL is doing, right? The NFL is, is, is setting us a new standard. No, like, no. The NFL is in the wrong. The NFL <laughs> is is been in the wrong for this for such a long time. For such a long time. And the only reason, the only reason is come to full light right now is because Deshaun Watson was a good player. He was a top-tier yep. player and a top-tier talent. Right? If this guy would have been some, you know, running back who like who did all these things, like he would have been gone already. Right? No if ands or buts about it, NFL would have got rid of him, they would have blackballed him, you're gone, you're never gonna be. But the fact that He's a quarterback. The quarterback that's really good. And when he's on his game, he's the top five quarterback in the league. And so he can win championships, right? This is a thought. And so, um, and like I said, 20 other teams wanted him. Which I think, I mean, there's rumors, Chris. There's rumors, Primo, that the Titans were one of those teams. Well, I'll say this. As a Titans fan, mm -hmm. we both know how we felt in that AFC game against the Bengals. So, <laughs> yes. I'll leave it at that. Uh, yes, I agree. But, I would say that it would definitely, definitely have tested my fandom. Like, I don't, if, if Deshaun Watson would have suited up for the Titans this year, 
Like I'm oh, not. Yeah, I'm not no. sure how many Titans games like I would have been. Like it would have been. It would have been pulling at my strings, man. It would have been pulling at my strings. I don't think how much I could support that team. Honestly, like I would have to switch teams. Yeah, I would think so too. Like it would be <laughs> 40, be 40 years of fandom down the drain for one. Like it'll be messed up. How many up. years of my life? <laughs> right. Right. It would have been so bad. But thank God we don't have to do that. Although, like, I am disappointed that we obviously, like, supposedly looked into it and, and see what it was um one thing like i'm you brought it up early earlier like where are the texans at what is the nfl gonna do to the texans right the texans have settled like 30 different lawsuits also and paid 30 different women yeah. yes. for being an yeah. enabler for this guy yep. what is the nfl gonna do to the you just took uh a first round and a third round pick, as we talked earlier, for the Miami Dolphins for talking to Tom Brady. Exactly. What are you going to do to the Houston Texans NFL for enabling your their quarterback to be a predator by su- supplying him NDAs? Like, hey, oh, you're doing this here. You better. Here's an NDA. You want these girls to sign this so that way you can do it. Also, we're going to book your hotels over here. And we're going to do all this. Like, the, what are you going to do to the Texans NFL? To make them pay for what they did. Yeah, you you've brought this up before. Is we look at that example you just gave about Miami, and they go hard when you mess with the money. Right. But if you mess with women, it, it doesn't really matter so much. Yeah, absolutely. And that like when, like, oh, I don't know. They they had a big a big thing. I want to say about two three years ago where they <clears> were trying <throat> to bring more women into the game. And it got up like 48%. I think the latest thing was 48% of, of fans in the NFL were women. And so, like, now, like, why would you come women? Like, what, what, are we, what, what is the NFL shown that it supports women? Right? Like, what? You can be a wife beater and play you, an RT. You can wait for that answer. I don't think there is. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll suspend the guy two games for being up a woman. Right. Well, you could do so many other things. We'll give you another chance. Um, hopefully, hopefully this is this is a, a step in the right direction after they get done with Deshaun Watson of of suspending. Like I, I just I don't want to see that dude in the NFL. I really don't. Like it would be disgusting, whenever it is, to see that dude and see people cheer this dude. Like Cleveland Brown fans are are still that cheering. Will yeah, exactly. Yep. And Cleveland yeah, Brown fans are are cheering this dude already, and he's done nothing for them. Uh, like I, me, I don't know about people. You know me, I, in my pettiness, I uh, I've started following the Cleveland Browns on Instagram and Twitter, and every <laughs> time, and every time that they go on my feed and they posted something, I've uh, I put your quarterback is a sexual predator. You should not be celebrating anything. Or, or the, they had something the other day on like one of their court, one of their players was the going around telling the other players what their Madden ratings were, and I was like, "Well, what? What's that? What you didn't uh, question QB one on the speed that he sexually harassed women? Like that's a ninety nine. Damn. <laughs> I'm just Damn. like I'm here to troll them, and I continue to troll them, and just. Cause it's disgusting. Yeah, it he, really is he disgusting. Racks up crazy 
numbers in a very short amount of time. There's like all these allegations, I think, are within a year. Absolutely, sixty-six masseuses. Yeah, sixty-six. Right? The, I, I mean, I, when you when you hear the other uh, NFL player, they talk like they have two, they have three, maybe <laughs> at the most. This dude's got sixty-six. And he used the NFL's name, right? He's like, hey, I'm NFL quarterback. You know, that was yep. already proven. Like, NFL. Like, you're an enabler to this NFL. By continuing to let yeah. the do play, I am NFL. Literally in the text message, I am NFL player Deshaun Watson. You want to come massage me because I'll be good for your business. It's disgusting. NFL, just don't let the dude come back. Well, that wraps up this week's show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Y'all make sure to like, comment, or review today's episode. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's Puro Pinche Primos. You can find us on all major podcast platforms. Or Google Puro Pinche Primos for our website on Captivate FM. We are the Puro Pinche Primos. Peace. Peace.